Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is October 23rd, 2019. A Wednesday here at the Your Own Sports Headquarters. Uh, getting getting a little chillier here in Minnesota, but we're uh, cracking. We're getting to the second half of the NFL season here. It's always amazing to believe it uh, goes by this quick, but already at week eight, a lot of teams are uh, just hitting the halfway point. But let's do as we always do, head right on upstairs to uh, old Crabber, bring him in. How you doing there, Crab? Yeah, not doing too bad. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. You uh, you said you heading to Vegas for the weekend, or are you staying here? I'm not really sure yet. I haven't decided. It's a little, a little too pricey uh, than I'd like to spend for a little Vegas round-trip flight. Usually it's pretty cheap. You get less than $200, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay the extra little bit of money, so I'm still, uh, still undecided there, a little question mark, I guess. Okay, okay. Nothing wrong with that. It says, yeah, it's going to be weird if the, the Vikings Thursday night are here and not a great slate of games this weekend. It uh, wouldn't be a, a terrible weekend to, uh, you know, fly out there. But anyway, what, uh, anything else new? Yeah, nothing. Uh, just uh, not the not the best of weeks, but I guess we'll get that here the next uh, next segment. But yeah, like you said, getting colder and uh, got to get back and get back on the on the horse for handicap and get some games right here. Yeah, for sure. And then NBA's started last night, and and it's weird how college football is already well over halfway done, and then uh, you know baseball is winding down here, so definitely transitioning into the the winter part of the league. But yeah, anyway, let's uh, start yeah, it off. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I was gonna say real quick, it's uh, yeah, getting pretty crazy from a betting perspective. We got NBA starting today for me personally, and. I got NHL on the slate and college basketball starting up here in a few weeks. And then you add in baseball and, uh, and obviously football, NFL and college, just a crazy time of year. Just kind of crazy. Like you said, how it just kind of hits you out of nowhere when it starts, starts getting that fall winter months here uh, in Minnesota. Then you get the colder weather and all the, all these sports coming in. Yeah, exactly. And then other than baseball winding down, pretty much everything else will, will be rocking and rolling here shortly. So definitely fun as a viewer and as a better. But uh, anyway, let's uh, stick with our main focus here and the whole point of this pod. And uh, let's start it off and do our little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how did week seven treat you there, Crabber? Yeah, as I alluded to, pretty pretty rough week for me, for sure. Just uh, nothing really went my way. Some bad picks on my part and uh, just, didn't, just didn't get it done. Simple as that. Went the was hitting about 55% of the year, and now I'm down to about – about average is at 50% exactly. So I think I went, uh, release plays. Looks like I went about, was it one in three or one in four? I don't even know. Something pretty, pretty pathetic. Looks like one in four after that Jets release on Monday night. And yeah, pretty frustrating. I 
combination of uh, a little bit of having the wrong side, like in that Seattle game. And that, I think that one uh, we'll get into a little bit too, but that one interception, that pick six that Russell Wilson threw definitely kind of changed the whole atmosphere of that game, in my opinion, but definitely probably wasn't the right side. But then he had that Giants game who, no, that was your, I think, believe is your pick of the week and got the, got the best of it for sure. Got you know, released at three even money, or sorry, not three, three flat 110, uh, minus three, and that one closed pretty much three and a half across the board. A lot of steam came in on the Giants there, but they just never really even were in that game ever. It just uh, was sloppy and right, right out of the, right out of the gate from the start, they just had no, seemed like they were dead and, uh, so that one they weren't competitive, and then the, the one play I did win was that Indianapolis game, which uh, was a little dicey, but they pretty much had control in that game. I think that was definitely the right side, and then obviously the the Jets. Uh, I think you were on them as well. Just just didn't show anything, not scoring anything at home there on Monday night. So that's just embarrassing and pretty pretty uh pretty tough. So yeah, I had the over in that in that uh, New England Jets game, and as well as the Jets. And the only way I really lose that bet is if the basically the Jets do what they did, and that's exactly what happened. So yeah, all in all. uh as you can tell, pretty frustrating week for me. Uh, just nothing really clicked right there. So yeah, two weeks in a row here, I've been uh, been struggling. Yeah, I I hear you. The, well, the only thing that went right for me was I I stayed away and for the most part didn't get too overly involved, which which was nice because I ended up I was sitting there waiting as the week went on and uh, before I, I bet the Giants right away, like I said, which was my pick of the week and. And then by the time I was going to release the play, it was already up towards three with extra juice or three and a half. And it just kind of just scared me away. And I just didn't really want to release it at that number. So luckily I didn't do that. And from a yeah, personal standpoint and just a pick of the week standpoint, that was a pretty just a terrible game. So that wasn't a whole lot of fun. Um, but then a couple other games that I leaned towards, I like even like uh, by, you know, the, that uh, Rams Falcons over, which you know you released and it was your pick of the week. I'd, we both talked about how much we like that, and that was another one I kind of leaned to, but and didn't release that one either. And so both the only oh, yeah. silver lining. And this is kind of funny with that game. Uh, I mean, I thought Atlanta would have something on offense. They just did absolutely nothing. I think scoring like three points or something until the end of the game, and and it still almost got over. It's just <laughs> I think it was a, t- a score away from uh, <laughs> from pushing that over. It's just kind of crazy how. I just looked at no no business being over. Obviously, there's a little bit of flukiness at the end, but that's just kind of how games go. I think it just kind of shows you how uh, how crazy it can go. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, about the only silver lining for me was just uh, being pretty selective. And I ended up, <clears throat> my only release play, I ended up releasing the Jets on Monday night just because I thought that was a lot of points. And everything we've seen from Darnold up until that point was, uh, you know, at least respectable and a huge upgrade from Falk. And, I uh, took the points, kind of got suckered into there. I guess I just got to really just make a hard-line stance and just don't bet against the Patriots basically ever because it seems like every time I do, I'm regretting it about half a quarter into the game. So maybe that's just something I'd until Billichick and Brady are both gone. Maybe I should just make a hard-line stance. I'm not going to bet against them. But anyway, um, yeah, anyway, there really wasn't a whole lot of great games last week either from just from a viewership standpoint, which was – Kind of sucked, uh, just from an overall entertainment aspect. And looking at the slate here this week, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot better. But before we uh, jump into that, we'll. I know there was a few qualifiers that uh, for getting the best of the numbers. Let's go ahead and do that now. Getting the best of the number. All right. So which games came into play, or which games did the number come into play there, Rob? Yeah, we had two qualifiers that we saw this uh, this last week here, week seven, and 
first one total Jacksonville Cincy. That one opened uh, the total there opened 47. Got bet all the way down. Uh, I actually myself got involved 43 and a half, but I think across the board it closed 44. That game uh, landed right 27 to 17, right on 44. So yeah, me myself uh, again, pretty lucky getting there. I don't think I had any business getting over, but uh, it ended up getting there, and I had a small play on that over at 43 and a half. So. I'll I end up cashing, luckily, like like we talk about all the time, getting the best number. Uh, most people either lost or pushed if they bet the over. Uh, yeah, but I did I did end up winning and cashing, so let's uh, you know, make sure to get the best number on that one. And then another one uh, I wanted to get involved with but ended up not getting involved, which went to matter that Chargers-Tennessee game. Opened uh, Tennessee, pick them, pick em, but kind of bet up pretty quickly. Tennessee was one or two and then kind of slowly took steam. I like to call that those games when they're kind of teetering uh, two Two, two and a half, the favorite to kind of just around nice gates and kind of just keeps sliding up there to three. It seems like it happens quite a bit. And uh, unless there's a lot of, uh, support on the other side, but it seems like it kind of always just slides up to the, up to that three. And that's what this Tennessee did. It closed at three and landed, uh, that game landed 23 to 20 right on three. Uh, it's pretty interesting, interesting ending there with that Chargers. They had a three, three times to get into the end zone there and three different plays that got overturned and yeah, a long, uh, long thing, but. Ended up being right on three, uh, like I said, landed on three. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, getting the best number, waiting for it, and kind of getting a feel for the market. Uh, I think we, we talk about that in the podcast every week, just uh, hits at home every week. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of an interesting point you brought up with it. seems like a lot of times when lines are at anywhere from, like, one and a half to two and a half, it seems like quite a bit, unless unless it's a real popular dog. It seems like that number gets up to three a lot, or at least flashes three for a while. So, you know, what might not be a terrible idea to just kind of stash those in your pocket. <laughs> and, uh, then if it, if you know, it doesn't get up there, then so be it. And if it does go up there, then you can decide if you actually have an opinion on the game, you can come back harder on the, take the plus three or, um, you know, just kind of bet the three coming back and maybe try to get a middle or a push win or whatever. But it's kind of an interesting something maybe uh, to keep in mind going forward. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen any numbers on that or if that would be profitable or not, but it does seem like that happens constantly where the number, if it's all, you know anywhere under three like that, it gets bet up to about three before some sharp money comes back on the plus three. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's jump in and start it off here for week eight. Uh, first, first game on the board. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we got Washington heading to Minnesota, and it looks like the Vikings are 16-point home favorites here with a total of 42 on Thursday Night Football. What are you What are you seeing? Oh uh, yeah, so I'm gonna do every week. I'll give my power rating numbers, which what the strict numbers come out to be, as well as the look ahead line from the week before from the Westgate in Las Vegas, and I'll also give the Westgate opener and what they come out with for the current week, as well as the total, what that total opens, kind of get a gauge of everything's at. So, yeah, like you said, Washington at Minnesota here, Thursday night football. My power rating number, Minnesota minus 17. Look head line, Minnesota 14.5. And, and the opener here, Minnesota 16.5. And, and yeah, I, I, this will be obviously an interesting game for us. This this just seems like a game to me where uh, Minnesota, they're rolling. They've won three games in a row. They look pretty good. And Kurtz looked well and all that stuff. And then now you go and, you know, put them on a prime time stage with a you know late start and uh, a Thursday night short week and just a lot of different factors and then a team that's about the bottom of the barrel you most bottom of the barrel you could find in Washington with the Keenum was looked about as god awful as possible kind of making the return to Minnesota here and it just it just kind of feels like the sense that this this could be a game where Minnesota can't take it too lightly they need to be really 
really strict about it and make sure they're you know doing everything like they want to do, especially now that they probably won't have Thielen on the short week, I don't think, and just a lot of different yeah, things. Ruled like, out earlier today. Yeah, so just a lot of things that uh, we're a little worried some from a Minnesota fan perspective for sure. Just a, you know, a game that we should definitely be able to you know go in and take care of business. But this happened last year. Uh, who was that against the Bills or something? We were laying uh, a bunch of points at home and just uh, went flat on her face and it blues an outright or never in the game. So that hopefully this won't happen. That was, uh, that was a nooner. I'm trying to. And that does sound familiar, though. I remember it happened to us against Tampa a couple of years ago. Let me look that up while you keep talking. I'll see what it has. It does yeah. sound familiar. Yeah, it was last year. That's where they get up to a big start, and then we kind of came back, but ended up not getting there. And it was a huge point spread. One of the yeah, but I thought that was the Bills. Maybe not, but um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, from a handicapping perspective, though, it's just you know it's tough to get to the window. I I just I don't have enough faith in Washington. But I mean, like I said, with all those factors and everything else, it's the only way I'd look. But I just I'm not really even close to getting the betting window on this. This no matter where it moves, really, I don't I don't see it moving a whole lot between. You know, 14 and 17, which are key numbers. And, yeah, to me, it's going to be a pretty easy pass. Uh, and then you look at the total, 42. It seems to me like, if anything, you'd want to look over, I think, especially with, with the way uh, Minnesota's offense is going. And I think Washington, and especially with Keenum, he's going to either turn the ball over or maybe make some make some plays and score some points. So not not a huge, uh, huge play or anything, but definitely would lean over, if anything, at 42. Yeah, I just sound – I don't really think this game's too bettable, to be honest. The, even though, I mean, the Vikings' offense has been – Pretty good and explosive, and I do think Kirk's kind of, uh, like I said, you know, against tough defenses, I think he's kind of mistake prone, and don't know if I totally trust him. I think he's kind of uh, almost like a lottery quarterback, where some games he'll look just fine and look great, and other games he'll kind of destroy you. But I think against bad defenses, I trust him quite a bit, and I, I think I don't know if the revenge factor is really that strong, so I wouldn't just base it solely on that. But I do think that uh, they'll he'll play a pretty good game again here when he's got a defense that isn't going to be putting on a ridiculous pass rush and, and just not very good in general. And then on the flip side, I I just don't, I'm not not overly impressed at all with the Washington offense. But then the you know the D, the Minnesota defense isn't last week they gave up a ton of points to Detroit and it's not like they're incapable of giving up points their secondary is good but it's it's definitely vulnerable at times too so i i don't know the, the vikings aren't a team that i really want to lay i mean not there's any, aren't any teams where you want to lay this many points in my opinion and washington's just a team i don't really trust in, enough in general to uh anything about them that i can at least hang my hat on and say well at least they can do this well at least they can do this well i don't think there's really anything you can say at least they do that well so and the Vikings have had a really good home field too. They've definitely been a better home team by quite a wide margin than they have on the road, even over the last last couple of years. So, uh, in a short week, it's a spot where you kind of want to go Minnesota, but I just think the point spread's inflated enough where I just have no interest in betting it there. So, kind of a long-winded way of saying that I don't think I'll be involved in this game. Just be rooting for it as a as a Vikings fan. I will add in there, too, to, to end this game. I will be at the game, so it'll be interesting. I'm nice to go into a game when it's a primetime game as opposed to the big slate on Sunday like we talked about in the past when we were at the Giants-Vikings game a few weeks ago. Yeah, so is there any games you're not going to go to this this year? Or? <laughs> Super fans, uh, yeah, <laughs> two, yeah, two games this year. Two more than I've ever you'd be been like to. One of those, so. You'd be like one of those guys with the big suits on, the big purple suits and you know the, the horns on. 
head in every single game. I was actually, um, I was going to do, do the whole referee thing like Detroit instead and be the, one of those <laughs> jackass referees that are, you know, yelling at every call and putting their hands in the air and the biggest, uh, yeah. if you bar junkie, and your beer over everyone around you. Yeah. I was trying to look because I, I, I thought that you were, well, I remember what you were talking about the Thursday night deal, but like last year they played at the Rams on that Thursday night or where they played pretty a, good. Yeah, I, just, I just looked, it was that Buffalo game. They got actually tortured like 27 to 6 or something at home on the third week three last year. Last year. Oh, we were okay. like playing, yeah. I don't know how much it was, it was 16. Yeah, it wasn't on, I'm just not talking about just Thursday. I'm just talking about in general. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely capable of letting down against when, you know, when they were like a huge favorite. So it's definitely yeah, not a spot that I trust them like the Patriots where they seem to just go in and just business trip it and churn out easy victories. Yeah. So I, I hear you. All right. Uh, next game, uh, Sunday games here. There is a London game, but it's the same time as the other early games. So the first game we got is the Giants heading to Detroit. Now it looks like Detroit here is a seven point home favor with a total of 49, 49 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is Detroit minus seven. Book headline, Detroit seven and a half. Westgate open Detroit seven and the total you're open forty nine. Uh yeah, this is another tough game for me. I obviously on the Giants last week and, and like that play against a lower tier type of team and in Arizona, especially being at home and, and getting your big playmakers back and they just came as flat as can be. So uh, I mean I think if you look at it, Detroit's obviously desperate after losing to the Vikes last last week, and they were competitive in that game. Uh, they just couldn't really stop the Vikes, Vikings' offense, and, and Detroit just couldn't make the plays really when they needed to down the stretch. But I think most of all with Detroit right now, they just have a lot of injuries, and it just they've kind of lost some games, whether it be that Green Bay game two weeks ago or some games earlier in the year that have been close, that so they've either blown or came close to blowing and, and been really close games. So it's kind of a team where you, it's almost, you kind of get the feeling like they've kind of missed their chance almost by – Losing those those couple games that were really close, um, those, those kind of coin flippy games that you, you kind of lose, and then they maybe you know not, might need in order to have any kind of chance at the, the division or the playoffs. So obviously they're at kind of at a at the bottom of the barrel here where they need a win really badly to have any kind of chance to make a playoffs or anything, and a lot of and maybe even some help at this point. So I, I don't know, it's just kind of tough for me to to go against Detroit here, but at the same time, I just feel like this is too many points, and it's really hard for me to, on, on top of that to get back on this Giants bandwagon when it was a pretty good spot for them last week, uh, you know, a really good spot, and, and it's really had nothing there, and I think even that final score is pretty misleading to what, the way it actually played out to a lot closer than it actually was if you watched the game. So they had that block punt for a touchdown and, and everything other than that. They, they scored, I think, one touchdown on, on offense, so uh, in, in, at least in the when it, when it mattered, but I don't know. I think all in all, it's just hard for me to, you can't really, it's hard for me to lay this many points with Detroit. So it's, yeah, like I said, it's just a tough game for me to, to, to get to. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think the one thing you could say for the Giants, if you are considering betting them, is maybe the reason they did play bad last week was because of that rain and a little bit of weather concerns there that could have threw things off potentially. Uh, maybe that'd be the one thing you could kind of, you know, put your hat on if you're going to back the Giants again. But uh, yeah, me personally, I think that'd be the only way I could look is uh, Giants taking the seven. Again, or pass, I just, I just don't know if I can get there. So, yeah, for me right now, uh, on a Wednesday, I'm just going to have to pass. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't really like you. I don't, I just, Detroit's not a team I really want to lay seven with and really trust at all. Like, you, I, you could think about maybe throwing them in a tease, but then it's like, well, do I really feel like trusting Patricia and Stafford and 
in the Lions and the in the T's, like not really. And then I just don't know really what to make of the Giants because I was I was high on them obviously last week and just loved the spot for them and thought, okay, you know, they're just being undervalued based on two pretty poor performances against the Pats and the Vikings that are maybe two of the top five teams in the league, and this is a great spot for them to bounce back and and their talent levels being a little bit undervalued here. Uh, but then the way they came out and played last week, it's like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's the case. But And like you said, maybe you can kind of give them a pass because of the, the weather there. But and they'll be better here playing in, in Detroit in the Dome. But I just don't know. I'm just, you know, just just not really sure what to make of this Giants team. It just seems like they've kind of lost a little bit of the luster after Danny Dimes came in, you know, five weeks ago against the Bucks, and they won that game in overtime, and and uh, or at the last second, whatever it was, then came back and smoked the Redskins. It's like maybe those were the flukes more than the the getting soundly beats. I'm not not totally sure, but the one one. I kind of do like the over a little bit in this game, I guess, because going back to my original handicap on the Giants at the beginning of the season was they're a dead nuts over team because their defense is just horrendous and and their offense with Eli I wasn't super high on, uh, but I thought they'd at least be able to either be turn over and make a lot of mistakes that would give the defense short fields or they'd be able to score a little bit themselves and I was kind of worried once Danny Dimes came in there that maybe he they'd play ultra aggressive with him. And maybe it was a lot to do with the score last week, but they really didn't seem too uh, uh, ultra-conservative, I mean. But they really didn't seem too conservative with him last week, even with the conditions and everything. And like I said maybe that was game situation, the fact they needed to come back. But I think, especially now that they're 2-5 and five and really don't have a whole lot to play for, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of let them, let them go and, and see what happens. And Detroit... This is a team that I've been fairly high on their defense, so maybe that was just a great performance last week by the Vikings, and that's why I put up 42 points on them. But like you mentioned earlier, there's they've had some injuries, and they just traded uh, what was it, one of their defensive backs. I forgot which one of what his name was. Was it, I think, Dig or Quandre or whatever the guy's name is. But um, I just think they're a team that is, is somewhat of an over team at this point themselves, too. And... Like last week, obviously, put up 72 points. And then even against the Packers on the Monday night game, they got to the mid-40s and then the 60s the week before with the Chiefs and the 50s before that with the Eagles. So I think this Detroit team isn't a team that I think is a dead-nuts-over team, but I definitely lean over with them. And when you're getting two teams that can kind of get into a shootout and they're talking about a pretty reasonable 49, uh, I think that's that's pretty doable. So that's kind of kind of the way I would look here is towards the over. Uh, next game, we got Tampa Bay heading to Tennessee. We missed out on the uh, Mariota-Winston draft battle from whatever it was five years ago. But it looks like Tennessee is a two-and-a-half point home favorite here with a total of 45-and-a-half. Yeah, my power rating here, Tennessee two-and-a-half. Look headline, Tennessee two-and-a-half. Westgate open, Tennessee three. Total here open, 46. Uh yeah, uh, not a tough game. Like you said, this could be a tough slate, especially when you're you're not uh, not not doing too well the last few weeks. Kind of definitely uh, second guess yourself a little bit more, even though you try not to from a professional handicap perspective. But uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of impossible not to. It just kind of gotta take everything uh, with a grain of salt and kind of move forward and you know review and mirror everything. But 
yeah, this is another tough game. I think right off the bat, this kind of looked to me like this would just be a three across the board, and the fact that you're getting two and a half, I think there'd maybe be a little bit of value here on Tennessee, just a tad bit. But at the same time, it's just uh, this Tampa Bay team. It's hard to figure out what, what are you going to get from Winston. Some some days he throws it up, throws a ball around and looks like he's a you know average quarterback, and the next time it looks like he shouldn't even be a third stringer with you know how many turnovers he had the last start that he had there. Uh, what was that in, in London? So. I don't. I don't know if I can really back Tampa Bay. I guess what it comes down to. It's the only case I can make. Uh, the only play I can make a case for here to be Tennessee side, uh, especially with that Tannehill getting in there. I think he got a little bit of a bump for sure from from Mariota. Look like from whatever he's played now about six quarters or a little bit more than the game. So I, I think that's the bump. We'll see if he can keep that going. But the problem is this Tennessee offense is still kind of slow. They they like to pound the rock a lot. Basically about the opposite of this Tampa Bay team. <laughs> I think that's why you're seeing this total kind of. You know, pulling it, pulling at each other, they don't know where to make it. Uh, so they just put it in the middle at 46. But with all, all being said, I think Tennessee's defense should be able to, I would think, be able to stop Tampa Bay and, and Winston more so than the Tampa Bay offense prevailing. So I, I think this would be, if anything, more of a ground and pound slower type of game as opposed to a shootout. But like I said, I think that's already accounted for, uh, even though it is a Tampa Bay game, a little bit lower of a total for, for, for a Winston and Tampa Bay game. So, yeah, I think, if anything, I guess a, a small lean to Tennessee, but n- another game I'm just really not too interested in betting. Yeah, I'm pretty, I like Tennessee, I think, a little bit more than you do, even though I probably should have swore them off a couple weeks ago when I had them as my pick of the week and they put up a donut in Denver. But I did say, even as that game was going on, you know, you you were wondering, what, did you double down on them or why are you getting so worked up about them? I'm like, well, because when Tannehill came in, they've been moving the ball pretty effectively. It's just they kept turning it over in the red zone or you know, stalling out drives at bad times. But I think Tennessee's defense is, has always been pretty solid. I mean, they've, they've hardly given up more than 20 points all year. I mean, it's been they gave up 20 to the Chargers last week, 16 to the Broncos, 14 to the Bills, 10 to the Falcons, then 20 to the Jags, 19 to the Colts, and 13 to the Browns. I mean, their defense has been pretty spectacular basically all year long. And if they can just get anything out of Tannehill on the offense, I just think that's this is a great number here, you know, playing under a field goal. So uh, I think Tannehill, not, not didn't look overly impressive, but it, that's you don't need him to be gunslinging and carrying the team. If he can just be serviceable and not making dumb mistakes and not doing the Mariota turn and sail it 40 yards over anybody's head that has no chance of ever being caught type plays, and just, just move the ball a little bit more effectively. I just think this is a game they can definitely win. And I didn't bet on Tampa their last game against Carolina on London, but I, I was definitely kind of leaning towards that direction. And I just, I don't know, I'm not done betting Winston ever because he said he's pretty hit or miss, and some days he'll be on and, and he's somebody you don't want to go against. But I just would much rather be betting against him than on him, that's for sure. They had They had that one game on Thursday night earlier in the season where they beat the Panthers and kind of a weird game where they could have lost definitely late there. And then they had the one weird shootout against the Rams. And other than that, they just really haven't been that impressive for for basically the whole year. So Tampa's a team I'd much rather be betting against than on. And Tennessee here with their defense, like I said a couple of games ago uh, with Washington, where it's not really, I, there's nothing I can count on. At least in this game, I think the only unit of the four units I can count on is the Tennessee defense. So in a situation like that, when I don't think their quarterback's a complete disaster, I, I think I'm going to head back to Tennessee here and and uh, and look that way. Next game, speaking of disasters at quarterbacks, we got the uh, Bears of Chicago 
hosting the L.A. Chargers. Looks like the Bears are four, four-and-a-half-point home favorites here with a total of 41. Uh, yeah, let's see. My power in here, Chicago, four-and-a-half. Look headline, Chicago minus six. Westgate open, Chicago six. And the total you're open, 39-and-a-half. Yeah, I, I guess I agree. I think it's uh, pretty simple here where the, the market currently is 40-and-a-half, 41, and, and four. Uh, I definitely do agree with both those moves. A little bit of money on the over and, and money on the Chargers. I think that's the way I look on both uh, perspectives still where we're at now. I think uh, probably if I like one play more than the other, I think I'd probably look at the over in, the, in this game more than the side. But I, I, like I said, I, I think the Chargers are the way to look. I just I think Chicago is a little, little hard to back right now. And it seems like to me a defense that's kind of just getting tired of, kind of like we saw in Jacksonville almost, like a defense is kind of just tired of, or potentially against Tennessee, and hopefully, uh, like you said, Tannehill can help uh, give them a boost. But I think these defenses can just get tired of, of watching these quarterbacks either make mistakes or you know check down the ball or you know whatever. And it's just, and I, I mean, I would too if I was on that defensive unit. I mean, you get sitting there making stops and holding these teams to under 20 points in some of these cases, and and, and not be able to do anything on offense or even make it competitive, and then you kind of just you know throw in the towel the rest of the game or whatever it is. So. I kind of get that sense from Chicago, especially in a tough NFC North. I, I just feel like you're kind of—I guess you're kind of buying low on them per se, if you wanted to, especially if you look at the look headline stuff. But at the end of the day, I just feel like this Chargers team is more—they're banged up, but I feel like they're closer to being able to get put together a full four-quarter four performance as opposed to the Chicago team right now. Uh, and mainly, the biggest concern, like I said, in that Chicago is that offense and, and obviously the quarterback and Trubisky. So. Um, and then, like, like I said, I think that, uh, with the defense of woes a little bit, uh, due to the offense, I think, like I said, look at the over here. The problem is it's already got bet up, especially with the lower totals and the high 30s, low 40s. Every point there is very, very important, uh, to get the best of the numbers. So, uh, you kind of lost a little bit of value, but even at 41, I still think it's worth a look. And, uh, that's, that's the way I would bet this game is Chargers and, and then the over. Yeah, totally agree. I, I like the Chargers a decent amount here. It just seems like, these teams are kind of equal. They, they, they could. They, the potential is definitely there, but I also think they're probably just kind of a middle of the road team. And to me, it just comes down to it's pretty simple. It just seems like this is kind of a should be a basic Bears by three, and I just trust Rivers way more than I trust Trubisky. So, and when you're going to give me more than three, I'll definitely take it. I, you know, obviously would have preferred the five or five and a half or what it was a little earlier in the week, but still, if you can find a four and a half or even a four, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I just think this seems like it has all the makings of, uh, chargers are down, charging late, like they do. It seems like every single game to, to tie it and kind of one of those like coin flippy type games again. And I just, and that, those situations, I'll definitely take the points and the better quarterback and about as simple as that for me. So I'm, that would be my recommendation there. Uh, next game is, we don't really have a lot of numbers out here because of the Matt Ryan injury, but we got Seattle heading to Atlanta. You seen any live numbers there at all, or? Yeah, I see some. I just don't know if I trust them. I think, uh, the only thing I see is really like six and a half, but I, I guess I don't know if that's live. I would assume it might be, or it potentially could be, but yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot of reason to get in depth with this one. I think, I mean, Matt Ryan, and it's going to make a big difference, I think, if he's in or not, but I think what, is it more? It's a backup, so, um, yeah, there's no look at live. Or shot. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, shot. But uh, I don't, yeah, my I'm thinking of Kansas City. Um, yeah, Kansas City. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to get into this one. It's just uh, I had a plan in Seattle last week, and 
Yeah, the Seattle team is kind of crazy. I think just a note on a, on a side note, other than this game, just their home field this year. You look at that Cincy game early in the year, and then these other you know handful of games they've had at home, they've played them all really close. And talk about that big home field that Seattle has. I wonder if that's kind of just diminished that 12th man. I think something to kind of keep note of. You don't want to overreact too soon in one in one season, but at the same time, it just looks like it's just not really the same. It seems like with that home field, and and there, it could just be a testament too of how home field it kind of just doesn't mean as much maybe as it used to uh, with the easier travel conditions and and the crowds and everything else. You know, who knows? I'm not, like again, I'm not making a declarative statement, more so something to keep note of and kind of keep an eye on as as we move forward here throughout this season and and going into next. So, uh, but yeah, as as for this game, uh, the quarterback's really gonna have a big. A uh, big question mark of, of where this line is going to go, but uh, it looks like, for all I can see right now, it's about six and a half. But I don't really have any opinion, uh, no matter what, no matter what, pretty much on this game. Yeah, uh, same here. I just think Atlanta's pretty close to unbackable, and Seattle's the team I want to bet against. So that's about as simple as that. I don't, I don't see there's any way I'm going to lay, whether it be three and a half all the way up to seven with Seattle on the road. And at the same time, I just Atlanta to me is getting towards like Miami territory where even if I find value, I just think I'd rather put my hard earned money elsewhere. So pretty easy pass for me. Um, I guess if we maybe take a look at the over, like any Atlanta game would be about the only bet I'd possibly make on the game. All right. Uh, next early game got the Jets off their huge Monday night performance that, uh, fell a little short for both of us heading to Jacksonville. And it uh, looks like the Jags here are six-point home favorites, the total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville, minus five. Look headline, Jacksonville, four and a half. Westgate open, Jacksonville, four and a half. Totally you're open, 41. Um, yeah, boy, it's just all these games. It just uh, makes it tough. But, uh, yeah, you look at the total, I, I'm not a huge opinion. I think of anywhere, maybe a small lean under at 41, even though it is a low total. But uh, a side perspective, it seems like you're, you're – you're, I don't know, it seems like the Jets market kind of folded there, and obviously we were both part of that, and it was pretty tough. Tough game, but again, you are playing the Patriots, who what we've been talking about all year long is how good their defense is, and I know when we talked about the one thing you could say is they didn't have, uh, they had a lower level of competition, so you really have, especially the offenses they played, uh, that New England pa- Patriots defense I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, you can only play with who's in front of you, so it's one of those things, if, if, if the Patriots are one of the best defenses in the league, and then you have a big spot after the Jets, uh, you know, played the, played the Dallas team really well the week before. I mean, it, it's something that we're, I don't know if it's necessarily excusable completely, but it just, uh, you know, I could see them coming back here and, and, and kind of coming back into form a little bit, especially if, if Darnold can actually play better. So I, the only way I could look here would be the Jets. I just, I mean, I don't know how you could lay this many points with Jacksonville. Even the early money is just kind of shocking to me. Um, I don't know if this can get any higher. It's hard for me to imagine it can get higher than six because I, I didn't think it would get to six, but. Um, the fact that it's here now, uh, where's it going now? It's hard for me to figure out where it would be going. It's just hard to, I, I, you would think there'd be some buyback on the Jets at six, or if it pops up to six and a half, I just don't see this line getting to seven. So I'm kind of going to watch the market, I guess, is uh, the long way of saying what I'm doing on this game. Watch the market, uh, and see what happens and, and, and go from there. But yeah, I just, I think that's a little, little too pricey here for Jacksonville at home. Yeah, I'm with you. It's pretty hard to come back right on a team after they lose 33 nothing and basically have nothing go their way. But I do agree with you that if you're going to excuse it, it'd be against the Patriots, who could be the best team in the league, or for sure, you know, top three. And as far as Jacksonville goes, they ended up beating Cincy by 10 points last week. But, boy, they just uh, just didn't look really impressive whatsoever. And I think Cincy is just, just awful, not that it's going out on a limb. But 
the fact that they only won that game by 10 points, like their offense has been pretty putrid here for, for a handful of weeks. And, uh, there's not a team at all. I want to be laying up six points or, or more. And, uh, you know, the Jets, on the other hand, if, if they come out and play like they did against Dallas a couple weeks ago, then this has like best bet of the year potential almost. And I don't, I, we're not really sure, obviously, what, what we're going to get from the Jets. But if, I think if they get like close to what they did, close to their performance last week, I think this is a decent number. And if you get the team that came out a couple weeks ago, it's just an incredible number. So I, I'm not one of my most confident things ever where I'm going to sit there and puff my chest out about it and expect an outcome. But I definitely think there's value in, in taking the six, and that's kind of the way I would look is just kind of hold your nose and and take the six and see what happens. And I think more often than not, you're going you're gonna to come out a winner. So that's the way I would look, but don't feel overly confident about it. All right, uh, next game we got. Philadelphia heading to Buffalo. Looks like the Bills are laying one and a half, two here at home with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Buffalo minus three. Look at the line was a pick 'em. Westgate opened Buffalo one and a half, and the total here opened 42 and a half. And yeah, I was running through my numbers here right away. This is the one that jumped off the page to me. I just didn't really understand it. I don't know where the respect is for Philly other than looking at past seasons and, and Buffalo kind of being a a quote-unquote newcomer to the party of being uh, more of a upper echelon type of team. But I just don't understand how this line is less than three. So I, I did bet it. I think I got a one or one and a half. And I, I was, like I said, I thought this game would be a little bit on ice skates. I thought for sure it was going to go all the way up to three kind of you know, almost immediately, especially with Philly just no-showing in that divisional primetime game and then having the no-show pretty much, you know, almost uh, the week before just getting blown out, pulling the doors off of by uh, by the Vikings before before the Dallas game. So, I understand it's still a Philly team, and, and but I mean they still have injuries. They have problems in the secondary. Wentz has looked super shaky. I mean there's just so many there's so many really difficult parts to to get to with this Philly team. And uh, I mean spot wise, I think it probably does favor Philly a little bit because this is kind of a a game they do need. But uh, the one thing with Buffalo is they were they they came into a played a team that was you know really poor, obviously in the Dolphins, and kind of sneaking out of there with a win, and uh, even. Uh, the coach there for Buffalo afterwards talked about how they said, yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't play well at all today and we kind of got out of there and, you know, and they, they realized that it was a pretty poor performance. And they didn't play well. So I think that's definitely something to take note of. It's not like they're sitting there thinking that, you know, they got a big win and a big win in the division or anything like that. So I think, um, they're, they're kind of going to be, uh, you know, focused here and uh, this is a big game for them. I think a step up game of a, of a, you know, highly touted, higher, higher touted type of team that, It'd be a good win here for uh, to put on their belt for the season. So and then you look at this defense for Buffalo. I think it's you know supremely way better than this Philly defense. And 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 like I said, this offense for Philly has been struggling, and, and they're losing weapons with injuries and and everything else with cluster injuries. So to me, I think this uh, you know Buffalo. Not only like I like the game or I love it. Uh, or sorry, not that I love the game. I do like it, but uh, all in all, I think the number is just off here personally. I just don't know how this is less than three. Uh, I do see some some books uh, that I respect are at you know two and a half. Or two, so I, I do. I still see this number moving to three before kickoff. So I, I would bet Buffalo now. Uh, like I said, I already have a position on it, and I'll see if I want to come back at once it gets to three. But I, I do anticipate it getting there. Uh, I don't really see the public get involved on Philly, but you know, that'd be the only way I could see this not get to three is if the public is on Philly. Uh, but yeah, to me, uh, Buffalo here is uh, definitely worth a wager. Anything under three. Yeah, I mean, what has what Philly shown this year other than the only thing they've shown is going into Lambeau and beating the Packers. Obviously, that was a big win on Thursday night. But other than that, I mean, 
they really don't have much to show at all. They beat Luke Falk and the Jets, and they got down super. They got down big early to to Keenum and the Skins, and came back and and won that game. Other than that, they got beat by the horrendous Falcons in prime time. They lost to the Lions pretty easily, and then they got destroyed by the Vikes and Cowboys. It's just I don't know. Like I'm not a total believer that I think Buffalo is like a five and one second best team in the AFC type team by any means, but I definitely think they're an above average team with a really strong defense and, and Allen makes some bad plays and he can also make some really good plays. And I, I just, I agree with you. It's like last week they off the bye, they come play just the Dolphins team. It's historically awful. And they just sleepwalk through the first half and are down in the game and they ended up coming back and taking care of business. But I think you can absolutely excuse the rust yeah, and we're all, look at that situation. Almost, almost close to almost close to covering there this after the second half too. Which is pretty yeah, crazy thing. Exactly. First half played out, so Yeah. And you just like I think that's one of the most easily excusable situations there when you talk about shaking off the rust. And who knows, they could have been looking ahead to this Philly game and game planning for this one, figuring they could take care of Miami no problem. So if that's the case then they'd really be in a decent spot here. And then the Eagles, conversely I liked them last week, and I just figured, okay, you know, they, they're they off a, a huge loss at the Vikings. Now they come back here and play their division rival in prime time. They might have been looking ahead to this game a little bit. And you're going to get a premier effort out of them, and, and they just get absolutely destroyed from, from the opening kickoff. So it feels like if Philly couldn't bring it last week, and what I thought was a really good spot for them, um, to me it's, it, it's more of a, a detriment to who I think Philly is as a team going forward. And it seemed kind of bizarre to me that they'd come out so flat in what was one of their biggest games of the year last week, and then all of a sudden this week's going to be the week where you're going to get a great effort from them. I know, like, record-wise, obviously they need it, but it just feels like last week was the week to get the great effort out of Philly, and they just couldn't do it. So I just don't think they're that good of a team. And like you said as well, I think they're getting a lot of reputation points from what they've been past years. But I think even when they won the Super Bowl that year, they had a lot of stats that were, you know, converting third and longs and stats that weren't really that repeatable. So I think it's almost a tribute to that year being more lucky than than this year and last year. So, uh, yeah, to me, I just think the Bills are a good amount better team, especially right now. Maybe Philly has as high as, or higher of a ceiling, but the way the two teams currently are, I was shocked when this was under three, so I, I like the Bills here quite a bit. And again, this, I never fully trust Josh Allen to the point where I'd say, yeah, this is my lock of the week. Absolutely love it. You know, bet a ton on it. But at the same time, I just think you're getting a great number here with Buffalo and, and you're getting this far superior defense. So I, I love the Bills here. All right. Uh, now we got the London game. We got Cincinnati and the Rams. Uh, looks like. The Rams are 13-point favors here, the total of 48.5 here in London. Yeah, my power rating here, Rams minus 12. Look headline, Rams 9.5. Westgate open, Rams 12.5, and the total here open, 47. Yeah, boy, it's just a sloppy game here. I just don't uh, – I mean, yeah, like I say every time, just a broken record, but, yeah, it's either Cincy or pass, but I just don't want to be betting Cincy. Simple as that. So I don't want to – don't belabor this handicap, but uh, this Rams team, I don't I don't really put any more stock into them after last week. I, I did bet the Rams. I, I didn't release it, but I did bet them personally at three against that Atlanta team. I just thought that was a really good matchup for the Rams and a, and a game that they could come out and, and show their offense against a really poor defense, one of the worst in the league. And then I thought their defense had a little bit more struggle, obviously. That's why I like the over. Uh, but, yeah, that, that defense completely shut down Matt Ryan and that offense. 
which doesn't mean a whole lot, I don't think. But um, and now you're going to another uh, terrible foe in, in Cincy uh, in, in a London neutral site game. So I, I don't know how you can lay the points here. The Rams are just so it's just so many when a, a team that's just been so shaky. But I mean, at the same time, like I said, the, the, they, they excel against poor defenses or golf does, I should say, and that offense can kind of work against uh, lower uh, lower type of teams. So. Uh, I can, I can see that, but yeah, the only way I'd look at Cincy, but all in all, it's just a game I'm not going to be getting involved with. There's, there's other, there's other better opportunities to get into. Yeah, I think I lean towards the Rams a little bit here. I just think they're kind of a bully where they like to beat up on bad teams and, and I don't know if they're quite good enough this year to really hang with the top tier elite teams, but they're, there's, I don't know, just even like last week, it's, I, I just think, Atlanta and Cincy are somewhat equivalent teams right now. And I think, if anything, Atlanta's got a little bit better offense than Cincy does. So I'm not going to lay 13 with a team I don't totally trust. And then you throw in the unknown of the London factor and how are these teams going to handle it. Uh, Obviously, last time the Bears got upset by the Raiders in in London. So maybe that's in the works again. But um, I don't know. It's... It's a game that I, I think the Rams will win, and well, you know, you turn it on, and and they're up 24. It's like, well, boy, is that easy? But it's just, I don't know. To me, I'll, I'll make those opportunities if if they happen, because I just, I don't, I don't ever feel confident laying this kind of points unless I'm absolutely certain about all the factors in the game. And there's enough unknowns here where, for me, it's a easy enough stay away because I, I, I just think Cincy is just. Just an awful, awful team, and I don't know if they'll. I'll bet on them maybe the rest of the year potentially. So, um, yeah, nothing for me here. Last early game, we have Arizona, a three-game win streak here, headed to New Orleans, who's on like a five-game win streak. Uh, looks like New Orleans is a ten and a half point home favorite with a total of forty-nine. Yeah, my power in here, the Saints minus ten. Look at the line. There was no line available. I think the, the breeze is being in question, I'm sure. And then the Westgate open here, the Saints 7.5. The total here open 47.5. So, yeah, that opener, I think, was kind of light. I'm kind of surprised it was that low. Uh, obviously, the marketplace bent that up pretty pretty close to immediately and, and now kind of getting up in the area where my power rate number is at a 10, 10.5 range. And, and that could it, be a pro breeze thing because he plans on returning this week, he just announced. Okay, yeah, so on my screen still says Bridgewater stars, love interest, see what happens, but, uh, I don't know, I don't even think there's a huge adjustment right now, and I'm not too high on Bridgewater, but I just think, uh, I, I don't know, I could be wrong about that, so maybe I eat my words, but I, I think there might be a, you know, just a small upgrade, maybe a one or two point difference would be between the two, I don't think you'd make it, uh, a, a drastic difference like you'd seen some of these other upper tier quarterbacks, but, uh, yeah, we, we will see, um, but yeah, this is a, like you said, it's kind of hard. You're you're kind of buying high on both these teams. I just feel like, uh, boy, I bet bet, a, bet bet against New Orleans a lot here last several weeks, uh, and just end up staying away last week because the number kind of got away from me in Chicago, and I'm glad I did. And that was one of my more fortunate ones that I was gonna probably you know at least come in with a small play on on Chicago and just couldn't do it with the number and got up there to four four and a half, and they just were never in that game. That was just a pretty pretty pathetic effort and. The Saints kind of dominated again, so I don't. I, just, I guess all in all, it's just hard for me to kind of step in front of the Saints train again. But still, I just I just feel like uh, it's just boy, you're pay, paying a big premium for the Saints right now, up in double digits. And I, but the problem is, like obviously betting against them last week, I just don't really trust this Arizona team at all. And I don't really, I just don't. I think they're a little bit of smoke and mirrored, especially with the 
the poor teams and the poor opponents they've played in the last, you know, the three game winning streak they've, they've gotten, gotten on. So, um, and especially add in the traveling, uh, West Coast team traveling east here in early start time. Just, just, just not a factor here of, of why I'd want to back Arizona. Not, not, not like some of these dogs where you're catching a lot of points where you maybe can make a case for them. It's just, uh, to me, it's just a lot tougher. I think if, if you want to get at this game, to me, it seems like this is a game you tease or, or money line parley with the Saints. I just uh, feel like they're going to win, but I just don't know if I can trust them covering this many points. So, yeah, from a point for perspective, I just can't bet it. Yeah, it's funny because, to me, I think the Saints are kind of an, an under team, which is kind of bizarre to say with them, the way their offense and everything has been the last few years. And I think Arizona is kind of an over team, so I just don't really, in total being a 49, that just seems about right. And then, from a side perspective, this just has the feel to me of, Arizona being down 14 with a garbage time drive late to try to get the backdoor cover. And whether they get there or not, I don't know. I don't feel strongly about. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really like Arizona all that much. I don't really trust them at all. And I don't think they're all that good. Whereas I do think New Orleans is pretty good. But I also don't know if I totally trust Teddy is going to be putting up 36 points like he did last week against the Bears. I could definitely see more of the 13-6 like grind it out type of offense that they were playing with them. It seems like they're kind of going back and forth every week where they score 13 against the J or, you know, 36 last week against the bears, then 13 against the Jags and 31 against the bucks, 12 against the Cowboys, 33 against the Seahawks. So just it's honestly been back and forth every single week. And, you know, they could potentially, <clears throat> they could potentially cover this 10 and a half, 11 if they get one of the 30 some point weeks, but then if they don't, and they get one of the 13-point weeks, well, then you're pretty much dead, so I don't know, I'd just a, kind of a long way to say, I'm just not really sure, not really sure, uh, you know, what what to make of this New Orleans team yet, I think they're, they are pretty, whether it be Breeze, because I, I agree with you, I don't think, I don't think Breeze is much of an upgrade from Teddy, I think he's been kind of subtly more of a glorified game manager here the last year or so, I think his arm strength's gone way down, and He'll still make some plays here and there, but like Teddy was making some plays here and there down the field too. So I don't think Breeze is really a, a huge upgrade. I think this is kind of what the the Saints are going to be, which is a pretty good team. I think a lot of it's going to be based on their defense. Um, and Arizona too against a good defense. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, from from a betting perspective, I just don't really have a whole lot of interest in this one. All right, uh, we got or no, there's one more early game. Uh, I forgot it was the time change. So let's drop down, and uh, we got Denver heading to Indianapolis. And it looks like Indy here is a five and a half, six point home favor. The total forty three and a half. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, my power in here, Indy minus seven. Look headline, Indy four and a half. Westgate open, Indy six and a half, and the total you're open forty three and a half. Um, this just seems like a game too where. I mean, if you're going to make a case for uh, spot-wise, I mean, it just screams the, screams off the page for a Denver spot here. It's just a uh, re- really bad spot for Indy after a, a big win, divisional opponent that's right on their back there for the, the top of the division there in the AFC South and end up kind of winning and, and taking care of business. Scoreboard one save, I think, was pretty handled. You know, they handled the business pretty well, and Brissett played pretty well. The defense played decent, and, you know, they kind of did, did what they needed to do and uh, were successful on third down, as you see with, all these Frank Wright's offense, I guess, is what it seems like. But, uh, yeah, and then you look at Denver. They're coming off on a Thursday, just an embarrassing loss there. Or not embarrassing, but definitely just got blown out. 
against Kansas City in primetime last week on Thursday. So they're going to be coming off of ex- against the, especially when they lost their starting quarterback too, when they couldn't do anything. That's just kind of a little bit embarrassing in, in itself. But see, so yeah, you look at the spot wise, Denver coming off of uh, that, that Thursday night blowout and have an extra rest and then Indy uh, coming off of the big game or against a divisional opponent. So yeah, yeah, like I said, spot wise, definitely Denver's spot here. Uh, no, no, uh, I think there's no, no argument about that. It just comes down to, is there enough here to, to get to the window? And I, I didn't end up betting Denver on Thursday last week. I just kind of leaned there at, at the three. I just getting the three at, at home and it just, you know, another one I'm kind of glad I didn't get there and pretty fortunate I didn't put a play in because they just had nothing. And it kind of just feels like a similar scenario here. It's, uh, do you want to get in bed with this Denver, Denver team and this Flacco offense? It's, uh, it's going to be again another game. It's going to be tough to watch, but uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I think this might be a spot where they can kind of keep it close. Indy doesn't really blow the doors off of any teams, even like you saw last week. They they played pretty well and handled that game, and it still was a seven point game. Um, it just yeah, you know, it seems to me like I said, I think Denver is, is worth worth a look at six. Uh, definitely need a six for me. Um, five and a half just isn't enough. So yeah, I guess you know, small lean to Denver at six, but again, it's just kind of hard to get to the window. So we'll kind of see where this market goes and uh, you know, lean Denver. Yep, totally with you. In pools and stuff where I gotta pick every side, I'll definitely be on Denver. Uh, I just think that they're kind of a, I think their, their defense, even though they gave up 30 last week, I think it's starting to figure it out a little bit better after that just horrendous start to the year. And I'm just not a fan of, fan of Flacco or their offense whatsoever, so I don't think I'm gonna bet them strong or, Maybe even have a bet on them at all. We'll we'll see how how it goes throughout the week. Whereas with Indy, yeah, they're they've been a good, really good team, and I like Reich a lot, and Brissett's been good, and everything like that. But like you said, from a spot perspective, it's just such a great spot for Denver. And even even Indy, even though they've been really impressive this year, I mean their wins have been by seven, six, lost by seven, win by three, win by two, lose by six. So out of all those games, they're there hasn't been one game where the final score has been outside of seven points. So they just seem like a absolutely like grinded out. Reich's getting the most out of he can out of that, out of that talent. And Denver, I don't think is much better or worse than a couple of those teams on their schedule. Like they played like the, like the Raiders, Falcons, Titans, Chargers. I mean, it seems like Denver kind of falls right in that bucket. So I think Indy's a team that can play up to good competition and can also kind of play down to bad competition. So in a game like that where you're getting getting six with a Denver team that I don't love but isn't Miami-Cincinnati bad, I think that's a fair price, and I definitely lean towards the Broncos here, whether I actually get on them as far as a bet goes or a release play or anything like that. I probably won't get there with them because I just don't trust Flacco enough, but that's absolutely the way I would uh, I'd look here. All right, we got three afternoon games, so we're back to the uh, was it eight early and and three late again, which isn't ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. So, first one you got Oakland heading to Houston, and it looks like uh, Houston six and a half point home favorite here, with total fifty one and a half. It is, it is nine uh, nine early, it looks like, but oh okay, um, forgot to add in that last one, so nine and three. So yeah, yeah I guess not great. Um, what are we on uh, Houston? You said. Um, yep, Houston, Oakland. Uh, so yeah, my power rating here: Houston seven and a half. Look at line: Houston six and a half. The Westgate, the Westgate open Houston seven, and the total here open forty nine. See a little bit of steam on this over, and uh, it makes sense to me. I don't, I don't think you can bet it now. I think all the value is gone. But yeah, I, I didn't really look at it when it opened. 
Uh, but yeah, I think I, I do agree with it. I think, but uh, not not a huge huge play on it or anything, or huge uh, opinion on it now. And then uh, as for the side, I, I kind of feel similar. Um, yeah, it's, it's at seven, six and a half, seven, kind of teeter between the two. It's just I, I don't know. I don't even even if it was at seven, I don't know if I even love Oakland or like Oakland. And even for that six and a half flat, I don't even know if I like Houston. So I think if anywhere in this game, probably I would lean Houston. I just I think uh, Oakland. They've, I think the biggest thing to keep note in this game for sure, if you're going to be betting it, is it's a travel schedule for Oakland. They've how many road games they've had here. They go to they had to go to a London and overseas, and they had I don't know how many other. I got to look at the schedule, but at least three or four of the road games. So it's been uh, that they're going to have here in a row. So it's going to be a pretty crazy road trip yeah, for them. And, at the Vikings, at the Colts, to London to play the Bears, then at the Packers, now at the Texans. So it's they're what six straight road games. Or yeah, fifth straight road game. Yeah, I think it was fifth. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. I didn't look at the schedule. I was just going off of memory, but yeah, exactly. So that uh, that's that's what I was thinking. So that being said, I just it's just uh, you know, again, I just don't like laying points uh, this many points in the NFL. But uh, Oakland's a team I just don't really like. I I, I want to bet against them last week uh, against when they're playing the Packers, but it's similar. I thought that Packers line was kind of shady, like it was the week before against Detroit. So I thought that might have even came down more, but. We did see some steam on the Packers late, and that, that money ended up being right against Oakland. Although I will say that that final score is definitely a little misleading. I think you saw that we, we watched that uh, car fumble through the touch uh, through the end zone instead of getting a touchdown. They got the touchback, and then the Green Bay went right down the field and scored. And then Green Bay got the ball at the half, and then went and scored right down the field again. So it was a huge huge difference. You talk about 21 point difference almost in whatever it is 10 minutes of the end of the second half and the or end of the second quarter and the start of the second half. So um, I think Oakland is a little misleading score there, but I think at the end of the day, I'm still not too high on this Oakland team. I know some people saying that, oh, I missed the missed the boat on the Oakland team, that they're a really good team now and they're kind of competitive, and I just don't really buy them. I think they're definitely a, you know, you know, maybe a low 20s type of team uh, rating in the NFL that are you know clearly going to miss the playoffs and you know maybe be a little bit competitive and have can show sparks of being okay, but I just really don't like this team at all. And, and I think Houston, I think we'll see. The one thing you see with Houston is uh, if Watson has time to throw with that offensive line, if he has is comfortable and able to make throws, he'll be able to succeed. So yeah, I guess uh, long long handicap here, but yeah, I would I would look at the Houston side, I guess if anything, for sure under seven though you got to get a six and a half. I think uh, I would I would lean Houston, but again, it's just uh, tough for me to get the window when you're laying that many points in a team I don't have a lot of faith in. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I was gonna say I thought it was a pretty good spot for Houston after they. Came up short against the Colts last week, and they're to me they're definitely a team where if if Watson's getting pressured and has to run around a lot because he's got a terrible line, they're a team I'm looking to bet against. And if they can have time and they're up against bad secondaries, they're a team I want to bet on. And even though I I do agree that I thought it was pretty fraudulent how easily the Packers won last week, it was amazing how Rodgers was just having anything he wanted down the field. And conversely, Carr was pretty much too, but I think that was more to do with the Packers secondary than an incredible Oakland offense. So I think Watson will be able to throw all over these guys and, and, uh, you know, they'll be able to score some points too to keep it close and, you know, maybe, maybe get back towards the numbers. But I just, uh, have a lot more faith in, in a Houston team that's probably looking for a bounce back against the inept defense. Than I do the Raiders on their fifth straight road game, and uh, I, get the, 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 I think their their defense just was glaringly terrible. It was glaringly obvious anybody who's watching it last week, and 
I think that might, I think there may be a lot of, some people are talking about them at three and three as being a pseudo, like, you know, wild card sleeper for the AFC. And I just think other than record, there's not really a whole lot that shows me that. I, I, uh, don't really trust Carr. He had a couple of just horrendous passes last week to just missing wide open guys. And I just don't, I think their defense is pretty, pretty awful too. So I agree with the money over money, even though. It's just hard to to chase the steam at this point and 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 take the over when it's all the way up here at fifty one and a half. But that's that's the way I would look, and I would look towards Houston as well. Maybe maybe put them in a teaser, even though it's a high point total game, so the teasers aren't quite as valuable. But I still I think there's a pretty good chance that Houston's win wins this game, and uh, I would look towards them to cover the number. But um, feel like more confident in them, obviously, just to win it outright. Uh, next game we got Carolina. Heading to San Francisco, the Kyle Allen Jimmy G Bowl. Got uh, San Francisco a five and a half point home favorite here with a total of forty two. Um, yeah, my power in here San Francisco six and a half. Look headline San Francisco six. Westgate open San Francisco six. Total here open forty two and a half. Yeah, another another tough game for me. You got Carolina coming off the bye, so that's uh be something to be interesting. Uh, have the game in London, so have some extra rest. But uh, I don't know. It seems to me like the Carolina, almost like the Biden come at the best time for him. It seems like, uh, I'm not sure what's happened with the quarterback, if that's going to be a dispute here coming up, but it just seems like, uh, there's, there's sometimes when the bike comes up and it's, it's really good for the team. They can heal and rest and all that stuff. Maybe get some players back. But to me, Carolina doesn't seem like it was, uh, they were kind of getting on a roll. It seemed like to me that they were kind of catching, getting kind of in a groove of anything. So I don't know if it's necessarily a negative, but I, I don't think I'm going to you know, make a, a, a big adjustment or a point adjustment or anything like, that, anything like that like I might make for other teams coming off a bye. But you look at it uh, conversely with this uh, San Francisco team, and they're pretty banged up themselves. I know the offensive line's banged up, and just uh, a team that's kind of just been pretty dominant and a uh, really good team against some of these, you know, other you know teams that should be competitive. They, we saw that. A few weeks ago, but uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily can. I, I don't know how to put it, I guess exactly. But I know some people are, con, you know, consider them one of the best teams in the league right now, and I just don't know if I necessarily agree with that. They're definitely a gr- good team, but I, I just don't know if I really. I don't think Garoppolo's really been tested. I guess is what it comes down to, and, and I don't really have a whole lot of faith. And I think when I bet against the the Niners here a couple weeks ago, I think I kind of made the same case that I just don't know if I. I think I'm I'm kind of not too scared of Garoppolo like a, as an elite quarterback. I don't think he's shown much, and again, not to mean that he's not, but I just feel like uh, you know this could be a, a San Francisco would be a team here that we kind of see it. I know the Vikings did uh, it was a couple of years ago or last year where they start out really really good and then they kind of just hit a hit a wall and and once the teams kind of figure them out, and I think San Francisco has, could be a candidate for that this season where they kind of haven't really looked dominant or anything but they kind of just uh you know have a good win win loss record and and look like they're going to you know they're going to be overvalued and be one of those teams that are going to dominate but you know might be a, a team here where they kind of kind of hit their peak and maybe on the downtrend so i don't know if that's going to happen this week uh, but yeah i would look to look look lean carolina if anything and i, I wouldn't be surprised if this line got, came and kind of creeped up a little bit more too so um yeah i, I just I don't, I don't really want to I get, long story short i guess i don't really want to back san francisco right now there's not a team that I, I think there's a lot of value in so um yeah carolina are fast yeah i don't really know what to make of this one i i'm still not really totally buying san francisco i mean their their defense maybe i'm i might be undervaluing their defense a little bit because they really they yeah, haven't that, given them more than 20 points yeah, all. That, that defense is really strong that is that is true a good point uh, for sure 
So maybe because I I haven't been a total Niners believer either, and I don't think like the way they're priced here in this game, it does not like they're a six and zero, everyone's super gung ho about them type team where you're paying a ridiculous juice. So I think everybody is a little hesitant about them. So I don't think it really is super lucrative to be fading them or backing them unless you feel really strongly one way or the other. And I just don't. I I've kind of been on the more side of trying to bet against them and. It's more of a result of an easy schedule of why they're six and zero, but you know the, the try to bet against them with the Rams and try to bet against them with the Browns and neither of them were even close and it was mostly due to their to their defense. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really sure what to make of them. And I could see. I could kind of see the case like you're saying where potentially you look back at the end of the season. It's like wow, remember when they were six and zero and now they're nine and seven or eight and eight or whatever the case may be. Or I could see it where well they they play the Panthers here, and and then they got the Cardinals and the Seahawks, who I'm not a big fan of, and the Cardinals again. And, and it's like, okay, well, they still really haven't been tested anybody that I'm super impressed with. So it could be a team where they have a really gaudy record, and you're still not even sure come playoff time whether you actually believe in them or not as a, as a team. Because, like I said, until Garoppolo is really forced to come from behind, you're like, yeah, they haven't played from behind, I don't think, all year. The last three games they've been ahead all game, and then that Steelers game, um, they were behind a little bit, but it was all based on turnovers, and they never really got into shootout comeback mode. And then the other two games before that, they won super easily. So uh, to me, I'm kind of a wait and see on the Niners until they get down and Garoppolo has to try to throw the ball down the field and bring them back because I haven't been super impressed with him either. But I do like Kyle Shanahan a lot as a coach, and I think his offensive schemes are are, are very impressive. And then their defense has been pretty good, so... Um, yeah, I don't know, but in this game, and in Carolina, I'm not really sure what to make of either, so with a couple teams that I just don't really know what to do with, I think this is one that will definitely be, I think is a really fun game to watch and, and could have some interesting takeaways, but as far as which side to bet here, I'm, I'm just not really sure what to do, so stay away from this one for me. Uh, okay, last late game, we got Cleveland at New England. Uh, it looks like New England's a 13-point home favorite here with a total of 46. Um, yeah, my power right here, New England 12, look at line, New England 11 and a half, Westgate open, New England 10, Westgate total open here, 45 and a half, and yeah, I'll keep this one short, it's just, uh, like we said before, uh, bet against Patriots and kind of get your, uh, hand stuck in the cookie jar every time, so it's just, uh, the only way I can look be Cleveland, but, uh, I just, I just, I, this Cleveland team is just hard to back for me right now, just a, a roller coaster ride, and you got a Mayfield, and whole team and not really shocking I don't think because it's they had a huge expectation going into the year and then you have a coach that doesn't have much experience and kind of more of a you know, pushover quiet uh, not a you know not a not a coach that's going to hold you accountable for sure like a Belichick so uh, Cleveland team's hard to trust and especially when you're going up against the, a team like the Patriots that crosses their T's and dots their I's so uh, I'm not going to be betting on the Patriots here but uh, most likely not going to be betting on, on, the, on the Browns just uh, especially after like I said getting slapped on the hand after betting on, against them last week. Yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to pull the trigger on the Browns. Uh, they've they've been oh, yeah? hand slapped. <laughs> um, they, you know, I I kind of liked them against the Seattle. With you know, they were decently amount of sharp support. And then I was on them the week before against the Niners, and both those they just looked pretty terrible. And then, yeah, like you said, obviously the Patriots side of the equation, bet against them last week and and getting spanked there. So I think this is one where it feels like I. Sh- 
I want to bet Cleveland, but I think just out of principle and to, to respect myself Monday morning, I think uh just going to stay away from this one. And if Freddie Kitchens coach them up over the course of the bye and they come out with their hair on fire against New England, I'll just have to uh just, you know, take it and, and uh, kick myself a little bit and move on. But, uh, yeah, not not going to not gonna get to the window here, even though I, I would like to. Uh, all right, Sunday nighter. Uh, would would have been a really good one is if Mahomes wasn't uh, injured. But we've got Green Bay heading to Kansas City. Looks like Green Boy, Bay is up to a uh, four point favorite here in the road with a total of forty seven and a half, forty eight. Yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay two and a half, even with the adjustment from Mahomes to more. And then look at line here. What's Kansas City for? Obviously, thinking Mahomes being wasn't fully healthy, but uh, being being at least a starter, obviously getting injured there on Thursday. And the opener here was Green Bay three uh, on the road, and then the total here opened 48. And, uh, yeah, to me, this is a little bit of a shocking line to me. I, I, I don't really know how this game is above three. It seems like it should be three at the highest, and I think even that would be a little high. Like my power, num- power rate number suggests two and a half. I think, you know, that seems a little bit more accurate to me. I think one thing I will say from a, I know Gil Alexander on, on VSIN was talked about it, how, how outrageous this was that they only made this game three and, between the look at line, they only made a seven and a half point adjustment. It, to me, it's, I think you gotta, you gotta take that. I, I, you know, really disagree with that because the, the line, the line's built in that, you know, it's a hobbled Mahomes where he's got a, you know, the bad ankle and you see him hobbling around the last few weeks now and the offense kind of getting hindered a little bit. And I think that's something that, yeah, if it was a full healthy Mahomes and yeah, I think the upgrade would be more in the eight to nine range or probably about eight, I guess I'd make it eight point difference between a downgrade from a from from a Holmes to more, but the fact that he's injured, you definitely got to take account of that because he definitely looks uh, a little hobbled even before he got injured fully there on Thursday when he did the that sneaker that short play there uh, when they're trying to get a touchdown and uh, in that Thursday night game. So to me, like I said, I'm kind of surprised by this line. I don't think it should be uh, over three for sure. So yeah, anything above three, you got to look uh, three and a half, four, whatever you can get. I, I definitely do like the Kansas City side and maybe even. Maybe a little bit of a sprinkle on the money line. I think this would be a, a game that Kansas City might might go and actually win. Uh, that's Green Bay team. I just really not sold on, I, even though I have have wanted to back in the last couple of weeks. I just felt like it was a good spot, and especially at home. I think this is the biggest thing to note too for for Green Bay and Rodgers about those home, that home road split. I think they're uh, definitely a team that's really good at home, and then they go on the road and they're about a 500 team historically here with Rodgers. So. Uh, maybe even below 500. So it's uh, you know, like I said, I think Moore looked. Uh, he, I think he's serviceable. And that Kansas City offense, I still be able to think be able to move the ball, but uh, obviously that defense would be the biggest uh, red flag there. But I think they should be able to do, go ahead and take care of business here and, and be able to cover the point spread here uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, I just think the Packers are overvalued. They've played five of their first seven at home, and like you said, historically they've been a significantly better team at home. And yeah, they have won their two road games against the Cowboys and the Bears, so you got to give them credit there, and maybe they'll. Keep it rolling here in Kansas City, but I just, they could have very easily lost at least two or three of those games that they've won and been 500 or a tick below, and then all of a sudden they wouldn't have this huge, huge momentum backing them, and everybody now talking about how Green Bay is the, the best or second best team in the NFC, and a lot of people are picking them to be their Super Bowl pick, and it's like, yeah, I don't know, it's, uh, Rodgers has looked better the last few weeks than he did the first three weeks and, and the offense in general. So maybe they're starting to figure it out and they'll just keep building. But I don't know. I think it's been a lot more fluke than anything. There's 
a lot of third down conversions and just kind of throwing it deep and, and kind of, I don't know, to me be more fortunate than anything. And uh, on the other side, their defense just looked atrocious last week against Oakland, even though they they won fairly easily. Uh, it was amazing how much space Carr had working down the field. And, I mean, uh, who, I'm not sure if Matt Moore is going to be able to take advantage of that fully. But uh, uh, maybe he's, he's, you know, he's obviously older at this point than he was a couple years ago when he was playing with Miami. And, and uh, I'm trying to think, was he, with, was he with the Steelers? Or I don't know, maybe it was just Miami. But he was, he was a pretty capable uh, backup when he was in Miami. He came in there for a stretch. And, oh, yeah, no, he played against the Steelers in that playoff game. I remember I was on him a couple of years ago. And he's definitely not like, you know, we mentioned Schaub earlier. Like, to me, Schaub's somebody that I have zero interest in backing. Uh, just, you know, pick six galore that one year where it was, it was like, he had like a five-in-a-row street game or something like that where he threw a pick six. And, but you can just tell, or even like Luke Falk with the Jets, it's like, okay, well, I'm crossing them off my potentially bettable list. But Matt Moore, uh, I obviously haven't seen him for a while. But he looked fine when he came in last week in relief effort for Mahomes. And they were only up, I think it was 10-6 to 6 in that game when, when Mahomes got hurt. And then they ended up winning very easily. And Matt Moore played, played pretty solidly. So uh, if he can have any success here against uh, Green Bay's defense, you know, a home dog at Arrowhead, with a really good record and the crowd's going to be super fired up. And I don't know. It just, it just seems to me like it's uh, a, a pretty great spot for Kansas city. And I, I agree with what you were saying with, as far as the adjustment goes for Kansas city too. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. I think Mahomes is worth a lot, but yeah, they were, they were clearly the markets were factoring in the fact that he was a little bit hobbled here the last couple of weeks. So I don't think that's really a fair, fair comparison there. And then the Chiefs did have, you know, obviously a couple-game losing streak before they came back and beat the Broncos last week. But it just really feels like they're, those couple games to me were a little bit more of the uh, the exception than the rule. So I, I, I like Kansas City quite a bit here on Sunday night. I'll definitely bet them taking the four. Uh, all right, Monday nighter, Miami, your Dolphin squad. Heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, uh, 14, 14 and a half point home favorite here, the total of 43. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh, 13 and a half. Look headline, Pittsburgh, 16 and a half. Westgate open, Pittsburgh, 16 and a half. And the total, you're open 43. Um, yeah, I, I like this game too. I'm, I, I like Miami. I just feel like, uh, I liked them last week as well against that Buffalo squad and, they end up covering there fairly easily, uh, but a little dicey, like I said uh, earlier in the second half. But this is another – I just don't – I think it really comes down to I think Miami gets a boost and they have a little bit of life with Fitzpatrick. And, and Grant, I understand he can make mistakes, but the last few weeks he's he's been able to at least move the ball. And if you can get the offense at least move the ball, then you at least always have the backdoor cover or, you know, the backdoor always in, in your pocket, and that's always nice to have. But I, I think this could be a pretty competitive game or more competitive than the point spread suggests, and I just don't think Pittsburgh – backup quarterback that just came back from a concussion and a team that's pretty much out of contention for the playoffs or the division almost uh you're at least getting to that point and uh and then now you know they're asking them to even at home in the prime time to lay this much this many points just i i don't i don't, I don't really understand it. i guess i understand it because just from how bad miami's been but I, I feel like it's kind of misleading from miami's stats overall i think that's probably why you're getting the value here I think Miami's stats for the season are definitely bogged down uh, without having Fitzpatrick in and, and everything else. And I think 
normally I'd say this is a big adjustment. Like I said, the look headline was 16 and a half, and now you're seeing a couple point adjustments, adjustment to that. And one thing I will say about that is one, uh, there's, it's kind of dead. It's a dead zone there between 14 and 17. 14 is a key number. 17 is a key number. So I think uh, if you get 14 and a half here, I think it's definitely, definitely a, a worth a look for sure. Um, that's one, one component of it. And the other component of why it moved, I think it's, I think the, you know, Fitzpatrick having some success and Miami being competitive and covering there. And normally I'd say you're kind of buying a little bit higher than you're kind of losing some value. But I think if anything with this spot, when you had Miami that was so lowly, you know, power rated so low and had nothing, you know, I just kind of thought they might have thrown in the towel and or, or giving, giving up type of thing for the season. But I didn't really see that. I thought there's some effort there at least. And, and, and that's the thing I think you'd want to see if you're betting a big dog like this. You want to see him have some kind of effort. So. Normally, I'd say that you're kind of losing a little bit of value, but I think in this situation specifically, I think it's kind of a, a good a good thing. So I'll, I will give up the points, uh, you know, a point or two, like I said, and just to see that they kind of have something going there. So I, I will uh, give up a little bit of value in order to still back this team after I, what I saw the last few weeks in Miami. So, yeah, like I said, 14 and a half, I definitely worth a worth a wager, and even 14, I think is maybe even worth a look uh, to get the points here. I just don't think Pittsburgh should be laying this many points at home. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd- I don't know if I'm actually going to bet Miami, but I think there's a pretty good chance I will. I mean, this is kind of similar to last week where Miami played Buffalo coming off a bye, and look what Buffalo did when they just slept walk through the first half and were down and battled back to, to win the game but not cover. It just kind of seems like this could be a potential similar spot for Pittsburgh. Either bet, and they play the Colts next week, so, and that's, is that on, uh, what is that? Says it's, no, it's not. Okay, so it's a normal game. But, uh, it just seems like it's definitely a spot here where you know, off a bye, is this Steelers team really going to be fired up to come play this Dolphins team? It's just an absolute joke. I'd, I'm not totally sure. And then you throw in the Tomlin factor. Like how many times over the years have the Steelers came out and just played an atrocious game against a bad team that they had no business in losing and either flirted with losing or lost? So it, like I mentioned back before, like the Patriots, how they have the whole business trip mentality of they just go and regardless of who it's against, they play strong and win a game and just kind of sleepwalk through it. I mean, not sleepwalk through it, but just kind of cruise through it and, and, you know, cover spreads. That's, like, not at all what I think of when I think of the Steelers. I think of, you know, rah-rah and get them excited, and it's a lot harder to do that when you're playing a team that hasn't won a game all year. So I think you throw in the the quarterback situation beyond that. I think Rudolph's playing, isn't he? Is that – I think he's probable. He's yeah, that's on that? right now. Right now on my screen, that's where yeah, he's the one that's going to be playing. Okay, so I mean, and he's probably better than a third stringer, but I, I'm not. I don't think either of them are incredible or something. That you know, the fact that a backup quarterback for a Pittsburgh team that's two and four, and they're laying you know two touchdowns or more, it just seems kind of incredible. So um, I absolutely think Miami is is definitely the way to look. And I for survivor pools here, I've picking on Miami a lot all year and this is a spot where even though it's the biggest spread on the board it's definitely giving me a little bit of pause where I don't want to necessarily call the upset but it it gives me a lot more worry than 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 I think I normally should so I'm not sure if I'm going to end up doing that or looking elsewhere but it's uh it's you know it's not the typical week for me where it's just oh yeah you can pick against Miami and set it and forget it and move on so I'm uh I'm, I'm definitely I think interested in the Miami side and we'll likely have a little bit on them here come, uh, come Monday night. And the other thing too, is right. kind of interesting is why, 
who made the schedule makers? Why are they putting Miami in a primetime game? I mean, it's not a surprise that before the start of the season, they're going to be a really bad team. So I was kind of shocked that obviously he lost Roethlisberger, but I mean, I'd be curious to see what the early season long for all the games that they have, if, what, what this point spread would have been. Cause that's even with Roethlisberger and being healthy, what we knew about Miami going into the season, you would think this would still be, you know, for sure double digits. So it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, like wonder, wonder what the rationale was for putting Miami against the Pittsburgh because you kind of just know going into the season that this would be a game that's not going to be very, you know, highly touted from a viewership perspective. Yeah. You wonder, it seems like ESPN's kind of got the short shrift here in a lot of games. You wonder if there, there's something going on behind the scenes there or what, but a lot of these Monday night games seem like they haven't been too great. But I don't know. Um, so anyway, yeah, that'll do it. That's uh, the week eight slate. So let's finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last week we both lost our picks. I had the Giants, like I mentioned, and we're behind early and never really had much of a chance. And then you had the over in that Rams-Atlanta game that was pretty low scoring early and and kind of gave it a little bit of a charge late, but was never really looked like it was totally going to get there. So not a great way to go. I think we're both back to 3-3 three and three on the year for our picks of the week, but I uh, believe you keep the tee box. So where are you looking this week? Yeah, we got to get back on our on the horse here and get uh, get back into the positive for sure after we started off pretty well um, from release plays and uh, the picks of the week. So, yeah, let's get back on here. But a little more difficult for me is where I want to look. Um, yeah, well, I was thinking about maybe teasing, not necessarily a mechanical teaser, but I don't know. It's a little tricky for me. So I think I, I, we, I talked about it. I think what I'll do, I'll just – I'm going to keep it simple. I won't go into all the – the teaser, uh, rigmaroles. We'll just keep it simple and then, then take the Chiefs there Sunday night, getting the four points. I think I'll, uh, you know, like I said, I think that number's off and I do like the Chiefs, so I'll take the, the Chiefs getting the four points at home. That's the second week in a row you took what I was going to take. Well, that's I not good. One other factor we should, I forgot maybe, to, yeah. We should back out of it. Maybe. Uh, that's, that, it was like even that Giants pick last week. Boy, like everybody in the world seemed to be on that. It was just sharp, square, square, anybody. Like multiple podcasts, doesn't do everybody was touting them. It just scared me more and more as the week went on because it seems like that never works out when that happens. Um, one other factor I don't think I mentioned you might have about Kansas City is the fact that you're giving Andy Reid a few extra days to prepare. So if they do have Matt Moore in there, I'm sure he's going to have some interesting wrinkles. As you know, his record off a of bye is just incredible. So this is like a mini bye in a way. So if anybody's going to be able to coach up a, a backup quarterback, I definitely give Andy Reid the best chance. Yeah, especially um, when you add in add in Rodgers coming off of like a best career day that he's ever had <laughs> in this yeah. in his long career, uh, just not a good buy sign. Yep, absolutely. So I got the contenders I'm looking at here be like Tennessee Chargers, but I think I will go with the one that yeah left off the page for me and you. Uh, I think I will take Buffalo laying a point and a half there at home to Philly. I think that's a a, a pretty strong play and. I don't have a whole lot of uh, hesitation in thinking that the Bills can win that game. So, all right, that'll do. Any concluding thoughts on the pod? Yeah, as I say, this week's kind of interesting. The last few weeks, I think there's kind of been a lot of games I have a, like a small opinion on almost, but not like a huge opinion. But I think this card's kind of the opposite for me. I feel like there's a lot of games I don't have much of an opinion on, but like you said, the Green, uh, Green Bay-Kansas City game, Miami-Pittsburgh, Buffalo-Philadelphia, and then maybe, maybe that Chargers, you know, a couple others maybe sprinkled in there, but, you know, you have a, a pretty firm opinion on it or a pretty good idea of where you're going to be going on it. So hopefully that will lead to a little bit of uh, you know, positive expectations here, positive wagers uh, going into the weekend. But, yeah, we need to get back on uh, 
get back into the winning columns here in both aspects, the, the, the picks release page and the pick of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm feeling pretty good about it, so uh, let's start it off here tomorrow with a little Vikings win, and then let's roll it over and, and get those home going into the weekend, and uh, we'll be back next week after Week 8 concludes to talk about Week 8 and then look ahead to Week 9. So have a good weekend, everybody. Best of luck in your bets, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.